0: Another year with these guys.
1: Host post- post- game press conferences. I didn't really like my first Reed, so I was just winning to playmaker mode. Game
0: previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG You're listening to The Cho Show only on the Suave Report. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show So Podcast presented by TheSwallReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goto, a.k.a. J.J. Smooth. As promised, we are back. It, it looked kind of dicey. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you because uh, Wi-Fi went out again last, last night. Didn't know if I would have to uh, postpone this episode, but thankfully it came back. And uh, this is a very insightful episode because, as I mentioned last week, and I appreciate, again, the support there on the both Phelps uh, one-on-one along with uh, Hector and Trayvons. But uh, we have two transfers on this week, and this guy was actually there last year. Uh, but uh, I don't think many people knew that he was there last year. Very interesting journey to get to this point. Uh, so I'm really excited for you all to meet this guy so uh, without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and bring on my guest now i'm joined by university of central oklahoma wide wide receiver Bryson williams Bryson, thank you for taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me uh could you start by telling the viewers and listeners a little bit about yourself
1: uh yeah hey i'm bryson williams uh graduated from Mangum high school uh Went through my senior year. Uh, was in Nacogdoches High School for freshman through my junior year, right around Christmas break. And then that's when I came up to Oklahoma. I played wide receiver for UCO, and I, can't, I got here last fall, so I redshirted, and this is going to be my first year playing and stuff.
0: Uh, now, your uh, teammate, Kellen Culberson, he played in uh, Nacogdoches with uh, Stephen F. Austin. Now, he informed me. That the town was was very dry, very dull. Would that be an accurate statement?
1: Uh, yeah, I feel like that's what you hear from most people. Uh, that come out of NAC just because it's kind of a town where everyone grows up at, and they just spend all their time there, and it's kind of, uh, you know, one of those small town things. It's it's not too big there, but uh, SFA and like the college is is like. The big thing in that town is kind of a college town. Everywhere you go, you see SFA this, SFA that. Yeah, that's the main attraction there is school.
0: Uh, and 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 playing high school football in Texas because everybody knows high school football in Texas is like a big deal. It's a way of life. So, what was that experience
1: like? Uh, I'm always I had a great time at, at, up here for my senior year, but I always say like I'm glad I uh, was where I at for as long as I was. It's kind of it was like a big difference than playing up here. And then Mangum, you know, it's, it's real small. So, and I was playing, uh, I was playing at 5A and so I was not I wasn't used to a lot of the, a lot of the things that I was seeing uh, on the football field when I got here, but Texas football is different. It's like, it's kind of like we were getting ready for college from like middle school. I feel like because that's when I started playing. I played in, from seventh grade to eighth grade and we were always, we lifted all the time and, it, we had schedules we had to follow and stuff like that so yeah it was pretty serious
0: uh and and when you so when you when you got to mangum i guess like what cuz i mean obviously there was a there was a, a culture shock going from texas high school football to oklahoma high school football but yeah. like what was that adjustment period like
1: uh well i say the good thing was uh when i got to mangum uh coach powers who he he played here at UCO too. He played receiver up here uh, a few years back. He's a he's a young coach and uh he was he was kind of like the 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 best thing that happened to Mangum because he was a, a guy that understood like recruiting and and how to play at a college level and his his plays were real good. We weren't like we weren't in a triple option or nothing. He ran a spread offense and he kinda he he made sure like I adjusted. I I learned a lot of stuff from him that I didn't learn in Texas, which was a big surprise. But like playing wise and stuff, it was it was a lot different. Like in Texas, you're used to seeing like huge, like huge freshmen or like just crazy grown men like freshmen. And then up here it's kind of like it's not really the same. Like it's like kids kind of just develop different. I guess I don't know if it's the lifting at a young age and workouts or I don't know, but I mean, we got. There's a lot of good players I played against. So in Oklahoma, a lot of a lot of good talent. Uh, through this state, I say it's a slept-on state for football, like big time.
0: Uh, now you you mentioned that you were able to learn things under Coach Powers that that you hadn't learned before. So, like, what what was probably the 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 biggest thing that you that you learned from? it? The
1: biggest thing would be. Making a Twitter. I didn't have a Twitter until I got to Oklahoma because I didn't. I didn't really know how important it was for for football or nothing. My coaches in Texas were a little older, but so they. I guess they weren't like hip to it or nothing. But when I made a Twitter, that's whenever. Like that's whenever I started kind of uh, getting attention and and getting like offers and stuff. I just posted my first game highlights and uh, yeah, I started talking to a lot of people after that. So he. It, it was mainly like the whole how recruiting kind of worked because. I started football a little late. I started in eighth grade and I really was just playing just to play it. And then I just kept growing and was always good at it and athletic and stuff. But I never really just saw myself playing football really at all. And yeah, he kind of, whenever I met him, I don't know. It was just kind of like I was more mature and stuff. And it was, he made it, he made me make it like a, a big deal. And I'm glad he did. Cause I love it.
0: Now you mentioned that you, you came to football late, so
1: you're like a basketball guy mainly beforehand. Uh, nah, I I wasn't a sports guy at all. I just was a regular kid. Just went outside and played. I mean, I grew up in uh, I grew up in South Dallas until I was like twelve. So it wasn't just like the best place to be at, and there wasn't. I don't know. It's just compared to everywhere else I've lived, sports weren't like. Just the biggest thing the in the neighborhood I was at, like we played we played some sports outside and stuff we just run around tackling each other really or something like that, but I didn't play really anything until I was always like fast and stuff, but I didn't play anything until like middle school so 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 then what 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 made you decide to give
0: football a, a
1: shot uh it was I was on I think Facebook and I was like that was right before. Uh, eighth grade started so it was in the summer and I saw a highlight tape of Sean Taylor and he was just he was going crazy just knocking people over and catching picks. It was just I was just I don't know I watched the whole thing it was like 10 minutes and I think it was on his birthday like because uh, he passed and stuff so I think they posted a, a long a real long highlight tape for his birthday and then after that I was just like dang I remember uh we played you know like when you you got the football you run around and just it's you just get tackled. You throw the ball in the air. Then the next person gets it, runs around and gets tackled. That's what we played as kids. So I was always like it was always fun to tackle people. But watching him really made me want to play football. And that was my first position I played was uh, safety. I just told I don't really care about anything else or like touchdowns or nothing. I just told the coach that I wanted to play safety. And I I really just wanted to uh, tackle people. <laughs> but now that like
0: so what? Now, when you when you first started playing organized football, like what I mean, w- was there was there like a, a steep adjustment period for you? Or would you say
1: it was more of just like you naturally picked it up? Uh, Well, the main thing that happened, I think, was. Around the time I decided I wanted to play football, I had like my my big growth spurt, which was like. It was like seventh grade. I was probably like I was short. I was like. I was not consider tall in my age group. Like I was shorter than a lot of the kids in my grade. And then out of nowhere, I guess that summer I grew, I was like probably like five, four in seventh grade. And then I grew to like uh five eleven, so almost six feet. And so I uh, probably just getting used to and learning how to do certain things on the field with the body I was in. Cause I grew so quick uh, that growth spurt happened within like two months. So it was just like, I don't know, it was, kind of hard at first, but, I mean, I really I just got the ball in my hand and I was fast and stuff, so, I mean, catching, I, they had to show me how to do my hands certain ways and stuff like that, so you could tell I was new, but uh, I also kind of started off pretty good. Uh, I, was, I was athletic and stuff, so that's all it, I guess it took in seventh grade.
0: And, and with, with, the, with, with the growth board because you said that you grew seven inches, so, like, now what, I mean, because that's got to be tough i imagine going from like you said 5 four to now mm-hmm. almost 6 foot so like what was that process like of kind of learning your body all over again in a way
1: well it was the main thing was i had a lot of uh i got uh like a slight bend in my spine from the growing so quick so it was like mild scoliosis and the doctor said i was going to uh grow into it and stuff which i did it's gone now but it was at the time hurting me and uh I had also Slaughter in my knees and stuff from, I guess, to growing too. And so it was really just I was kind of going through pain while while I was tall. But I don't know, I always consider myself tough, I guess. So learning, learning and stuff because um, in the classroom. I was always pretty good. And I kind of just took that to the field and uh, pretty good at following directions. So just kind of caught on as I went and watching people helped me a lot, too. I like to watch a lot of either in person or videos. I like to pay attention to like details and stuff.
0: And they mentioned that they, they had to teach you how to catch, which is, it's, it's funny seeing now you're a college receiver. Now, you know, most people would say, okay, the man's a college receiver. He would know how to catch. So now like what, so now what was that, what was that process like? And I guess like, how how were you catching the ball beforehand?
1: Uh, so when they would, they would throw it up to me and, uh, I was always good at going up and getting it and stuff like that, but the main thing was like the tracking part and like over-the-shoulder catches. I just lose it. I wouldn't like roll my neck and keep keep my eyes on it in the air and uh, keep my hands apart. I just kind of had to uh, get used to like everything. Uh, Catching in front of me wasn't too bad. Uh, It didn't. It never looked really the cleanest when I started, but I would I would make sure I I would make sure I caught the ones in front of me most of the time. But as far as like Hand-eye coordination and tracking the ball and stuff—it's it's real important, uh, especially when you're older. And I'm glad they taught me that at, at that age. So we we worked on that a pretty good amount, and I think it helped a lot.
0: And and the route running in the in the in the beginning, I I imagine probably rough would 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 be my my guess. So on like a scale of one to ten, with with one being the absolute worst routes you've ever seen in your life. Ben being some of the most pristine, elite NFL-level routes. Yeah. Where did you fall in that category when you first started
1: playing? Definitely like around one, maybe two. <laughs> I was low. <laughs> I was low. I just never, growing up, never did anything besides run fast in one direction. I didn't break down or turn my hips or nothing like that. So, I mean, like like I said, fade balls and stuff were good, but. Other than that, I kind of was just being fast into like breaks and stuff, which was pretty sloppy, but I mean, I guess it worked a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 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 now, so, now, how long did it take for you to
1: really become comfortable being a wide receiver? Um, well, the thing was, uh, my seventh, my uh, eighth grade year, whenever I got into football, I was a safety and then I played receiver, but. I scored like a a couple touchdowns, but it really wasn't nothing like big or nothing. And that next year, uh, I started playing quarterback, and the receiver thing was kind of out the drain. I really was playing safety, and that's because that's what I kind of first fell in love with. So it was it was kind of just safety, and then whatever on offense is whatever. And but I always uh, could kind of I always could kind of throw far even before I played football. Like if we just find one, pick one up, I could always like throw it far and pee or something, and so I played quarterback, uh, my freshman year and then that was the first year of high school and stuff. So sophomore year, we were kind of older and, and I still wasn't fully like hip to route running and stuff like that. So at that time it, it was pretty rough, but I mean, we were in high school, so it was easier with, uh, like other guys who were going to college or our coaches and stuff being there to like give you pointers and stuff like that. I always, uh, I always credit like the older people I've been on teams with, uh helping me and stuff, and respecting them is like a big part, just because they kind of they know a lot more than you. They've been in football army and stuff. So I like to uh learn a lot from them and listen to them.
0: Now I imagine that you play quarterback. So now I have always asked guys this because like training by the Fourth, he played quarterback in high school. How would you have de- described yourself as a quarterback? Uh
1: I was I was good. I was pretty good. Uh, I I was about six two or six one my freshman year. So I was I was starting to really grow into like my my actual height and then uh, I could throw and I was fast. We ran some uh, like a good amount of read and speed options. And I really did good at that. But we threw the ball, too. And I would say I was pretty I was pretty nice at a quarterback like. I could, I could throw, I'd get it there and stuff like that. Uh, we won we won games with me and everything, but halfway through that year, I broke my arm. Uh, I got, I was running the ball and I got hit with a helmet right to my like wrist area and my arm broke. So, uh, after that, I came back sophomore year and we had had a new guy move in and his dad was, uh, the coach at, he was the head coach at SFA that year. And, he ended up after that year, he ended up that year starting. And I came back and they were like, hey, we want to see at receiver and stuff. So uh, and after that year, he left to another school in like uh, Utah or something and like led Utah in passing or whatever. So he was he was good. I I didn't have no problem letting him take that spot. Uh, I already I already knew when he was throwing the ball and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, he's the real deal. So I just I uh, he got that and uh, we became a pretty good duo. That's whenever uh, sophomore year I really started to uh kind of see myself being a receiver and uh lean t- more towards the offensive side of the ball cuz i mean i had a real good quarterback so i, was, I started catching more touchdowns and i don't know it just gave me a rush i was just it was fun catching them
0: <laughs> now do do you do you think if if the say the arm injury never happened you had stayed at quarterback do you think you would be where you are now
1: um Uh no, nah, honestly not. I just I feel like uh playing that position, you gotta have uh you gotta have kind of more resources than you would anything else. And uh I feel like uh at that point in, in stage of my life, I was kind of getting too old. Like, yeah, I was good uh freshman year and stuff, uh, but I really wasn't having to do what quarterbacks actually have to do. Like, especially now that I'm at college, I see like it's, it's by far the hardest position because you just – there's so much. You got to know everything, every little, every little detail you got to know. So I felt like playing receiver was real good for me because it's one of those positions where as long as you're an athlete, you can kind of catch on. And as long as you put the work in, you know, like – I like that's what I like to do a lot. I like to work by myself. So uh, as long as you put the work in and, and focus on details, you can see yourself become better real quick. And I feel like a quarterback, it just – it wouldn't have been that way. <laughs>
0: Now, you you're your senior year in Mangum. Now I went, I watched the tape. I I, I have to say it, it it you mentioned earlier about Texas. It seemed like you was playing against a grown man at the high school level. It literally seemed at times you were the grown man and the oh. DBs trying to make an attempt to cover you were the children at that point. That I because you scored 20 touchdowns now. You know, obviously. That's not normal. Not everybody can score twenty touchdowns in a season. Some yeah. brothers score twenty touchdowns in a four-year varsity career. So, like, what, what, what was I mean? What, what was working for you your your senior year? Because here you are moving to a different state and a different city, mm-hmm. learning a whole different scheme, and, and here you are putting up twenty uh, uh, touchdowns.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I could just, I guess, credit that to uh, Coach Powers again. Just. Uh the first time I met him uh, and found out he was going to be my coach and stuff, he told me like off the rip. He was like, uh, "You're gonna, you're gonna dominate this year and stuff like that. And no one's gonna be able to stop you." And uh, he told us that as a team too. But uh, I knew off the rip. Like some games, I would go out there and be triple team and stuff. And the rest of the rest of my team was good. Like we had we had good players everywhere. It was mainly seniors all over the field. Uh, I think ten out of eleven starters were seniors. So in my class and. Uh, that kind of – that that had our offense going really good because, I mean, they, if they triple team somebody, it just opens so much. So uh, Coach Powers really – he made sure uh, – he got me the ball. He made sure I had film to use because he told me when I first met him, he was like, if you want to play after this, you can, and, uh, and I'll help you make it happen and stuff. And, yeah, he did just that.
0: And, and what I found – what I found different – you don't see many, like, dude your size with that speed i mean i know it was lower level but like the level of separation you were getting on some of those clips i was like dang you know like i expect to see that out of guys like diego smaller guys not a dude that's like 6'4 six, 6'5 six, there so like where i mean it it, it it and you were also able you you were, you loser, looser you have moves you, you you have power i i would you would you say You you feel
1: like you're a complete receiver? Uh, I feel like um, feel like I was blessed with a lot of things uh that you can't you can't really some things you can't really work for like height uh speed and stuff like that uh I can jump high and I've always been able to jump high and that's just kind of God given I never really worked on that being younger or nothing uh right now for me it's all just mental I feel I feel like physically uh. If I'm on the field, I'm I'm physically and athletically one of the best people on the field. And and I don't feel like I could be stopped it in, in until it comes to the mental part of it. And football is a real mental game, especially at the college level, which I've come to find out uh being at uh different colleges and stuff. Um everything just makes a difference. Like every every yard, every like the way you turn your hips, the way you sink down, everything just matters. So what, I, what I've been working on hard this summer and this past redshirt year, which I'm I'm thankful for. I'm glad I redshirted. It, it I got here late and stuff, so it was really no choice. But I, I feel like it, it did a lot for me because I just got to learn in, in, in so many different ways uh, how to play the game different and, and get a different feel for it. And, yeah, I just feel like that redshirt year really came in handy. I've been working a lot this summer on getting in and out of breaks and uh, just the little things. I feel like once the little things are mastered, the, the physical side really starts to stand out because now you can do everything the little guys can do and then, you know, you're big and fast. So uh, I'd say I'm I'm trying to get on my way there. I want to be the most complete receiver I can be by the time I'm uh, out of here or as soon as I can. Now, you, you
0: mentioned that that you've been at various colleges. So now after Mangum, you went to NEO. Mm -hmm. So now, so what? what, Like now, because a lot of people that go to JUCO, most of the time it's usually due to grades. But earlier you mentioned you were good in the classroom. So then, why? I guess why any of?
1: Well, yeah, I had a, uh, I had a, I had, I graduated with like a three point seven. So my grades were always, always pretty good. And uh, the, I feel like my recruiting was kind of kind of started off slow just because like i said once i made a twitter it just really picked up like i just it just happened so quick like i, I realized twitter was like the the probably the biggest thing i needed and i got a little brother and stuff who's he's a he's going to start his first year in college and stuff too we i made sure he knew it was a big deal and and got his twitter jumping and all that cuz he got all his offers his senior year too basically like me and uh so um twitter was like the the biggest thing that probably happened to, to my recruiting process and me coming out of Mangum, having that one year, I just felt like, I just felt like college coaches would look at the competition and that's kind of like what they were judging it off. Like you said, you can tell I'm separating and stuff like that, but, and I mean, I see it now when I look back at my high school film, I'm like, man, like I, I really, I thought I was good, but I really wasn't nothing close to what I can be or or what I am, or anything. And I just felt like, uh, I got, I got a lot of, uh, D2 offers and stuff out of Mangum. And I had some, I talked to a few, uh, D1 schools and stuff, but mainly all of them said was like, they, they brought up the competition and stuff. And NEO was a college known for having a good defense. Like they get, they get a lot of guys out of there and get them offers to big schools for defensively, like uh, a lot of defensive backs too. And so kind of my thought process was if I could go there and knowing I had the COVID year, which was no, no eligibility. If I could go there and get some, some good like practice tape or a good film against other DBs who like are, are like the truth and stuff like that, then uh, I could get more interest and stuff. Cause that's basically what they were telling me. They were like, we love your size. We love how you can run, but it was just the competition I guess. And uh, I went there and uh, yeah, I found competition at NDO. Uh I had a good time there. I spent one semester there, which was my mission. I wanted to stay one semester and get some offers and get out of there. And the coaches staff there told me they could make that happen and they had made that happen for other guys. So I just believed in myself and uh, I, yeah, I came through.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that had to be a risk, though, because you mentioned you had smaller offers. So like, because you know, there, there is no guarantee when you go to the JUCO route. Like, it, yeah. it's almost it's like it's a doggy dog mentality. Yeah, and, and you know, like if you get hurt or or things don't pan out, you're kind of up a creek. So like, what what what? I mean, because you said that you know you believed in yourself, but like, th- there had to have been some kind of serious thought about, okay, is this the right thing to do to pass up these other offers mm-hmm. for you know so, something that. I'm hoping it works, but, you know, it could go south at, at the same time.
1: Yeah, uh, I just I, – a lot of praying. I, I thought about it a lot. It was hard. Like, I didn't know. I really was just still so young and kind of open-minded. Coach Powers helped me a lot, but there was still so much I didn't know back then that I do now. So, it was just a lot of back and forth with myself. But at the end of the day, I just thought and told myself, like, uh. Just thought and and thought hard like when have I let myself down on something I really want and you know, you got one life. So I felt like settling was was something I didn't need to do. I don't know. I just felt like no matter what I could I could try, you know, we had the COVID year, so I would have all my eligibility and as long as I stayed healthy and stuff, then I felt like no matter what I was gonna I was gonna do something. I just feel like uh talent can't be hidden or anything like that. So yeah, I just prayed and took the gamble and yeah, it paid off.
0: So you go to NEO, it, it, it works. You end up signing with Prairie View. So now like what, what was your uh, recruiting process like then after the semester
1: at NEO? And then what ultimately led, led you to choose Prairie View? Um, I had a really good receiver coach at NEO who was, who had a lot of connections with uh, other colleges like Prairie View. And um, Whenever I was, he, he knew I was wanting to leave that semester. So uh, he was like, he was, we got some tape together. Uh, I ran some like 40s, did some drills and stuff. And uh, it was, it was real good film and stuff. And he told me like, he knows I can get, I could get something with that. And at the time I was, I had gained weight too. I was looking real good and stuff like that. So uh, he, he posted us, uh, me and a few other of my JUCO uh, teammates. Uh, like two or three of them, uh, that wanted to transfer out there and they had the grades and stuff. And he, he made a a separate website and posted all our stuff on there, like height, weight, basically everything, all the drills and stuff. And after that, I started getting, uh, like I started getting followed by people and, uh, Prairie View, it, it was like the first day, I think it was, the site was up there. They hit me up and, uh, just asked for my number and called me and basically they told me, uh. They didn't. They never got a hold of my high school film or nothing. Or they they were telling me they wanted me out of high school. Uh, they would have took me out of high school, but they didn't even see me and stuff. And we just had a we had a long talk. Uh, me and Coach Bailey, who's the receiver coach there for a while. Uh, probably like two hours about everything. And kind of after that conversation, I knew I was like, uh, I really want. I really liked. uh, Like uh, Black History and uh, HBCUs are important and stuff. So I was like. I could see myself playing there and I felt kind of honored to go there and stuff like that. And I just felt like it was experience that I wanted to be a part of. I knew, uh, I knew about Prairie View and stuff and the history and everything, just because I'm from Texas originally. And you're going to hear about somehow uh, every time I wore like a jacket or anything around Texas, anybody, somebody would say something. So uh, they run a, uh, they run a spread offense too, and uh, always put up real good numbers passing wise. So, uh, I just felt like it was a good fit for me.
0: And and was there a sense of validation when you when you signed a letter of intent to a D one program? That I, I, I was there validation, and was there a sense of relief that the plan I had, I bet on myself, it all worked out in my in my favor? Or did you know that all of that would have come to fruition for you?
1: No, yeah, it was, uh, the whole journey was, it, I wouldn't say it was easy, it was a lot of stress, and a lot of nights I'd just be thinking hard about it, and just everything, you just think of all types of scenarios, uh, now that I've been to here and there, and know a lot of athletes, I, it's kind of like a, a thing, athletes always are in their own head, it's kind of like something you can't avoid, and it's like the worst thing at, at some points, but no, yeah, signing that letter, and, uh, and just seeing everything on social media unfold and stuff, and uh, certain people who I guess didn't really see it happen. I see, I saw them kind of like have no choice, but to like, you know, support and all that. So it, yeah, it was, it was a real, it was a real relief. I felt, I felt good. It's kind of like I got to where I wanted to go, but I, I felt like I wasn't done yet. So that's That was one thing I focused on was trying to make sure I didn't get too comfortable or, or wasn't like, man, I made it now. And you know, that's how a lot of people kind of ruin their careers. they, get to college and it's like that's kind of was like their end goal when you got to get here and you got it's just more work basically that's all you're signing up to is more work and either you love it or you don't but it's going to show at the end
0: now you, you you all you all played that season in the in the spring now had that that had to been odd because you're used to playing in the fall you used to spring you know it being signing day you got spring football and then that shit so what was your experience like having a season
1: during the spring? Uh it was kind of weird. You know, you're not used to like just playing football in the weather it kind of was at the time. So it was just like I don't know, it was and then the the season was only like four games I think. It was it was real short. Like a lot of stuff got injured to covid. We had a covid test every every other day, so we get swab on monday, swab on wednesday, swab on fridays and then if there's some on the weekends they'd have the rapid test ready and it was just it was just a lot of covid like covid this covid this. there were so many rules school was online and then for a, a good a good amount of it it was pretty cold so it was just a lot of like uh it was just a weird feeling like you know you're just not used to to football being at that time especially games <laughs> uh and
0: and and so like w- like, like, so, because I I talked to Kellen about this and he kind of mentioned all the testing and kind of all the uncertainty. Uh so like, wh- I mean, what what would you say, Polly, was like you,
1: your your biggest takeaway from that experience? Uh not to take anything for granted. Uh I just all you all I heard like the moment I got to Prayer View, especially was how everything was so much different before COVID and how. Like, COVID did this, COVID did that. And they were all like, man, we should have enjoyed this and enjoyed that. And I I was thinking the same. I was like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, like, you couldn't do at all, like, just because COVID was around. And some people were were getting negative tests or positive tests, and they weren't right. So, it was just a lot of stuff going on at the time. And I just – now I look at it, and that we got through it, I take it as just – be, don't take nothing for granted and be thankful for everything you got. Like right now, everything's regular now. There's stuff you couldn't complain about, but you know, I stay positive about it because there's a lot more that could be worse.
0: Now, at, at some point there, uh after the season, you decide to transfer. So, 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 so what what led you to decide to look elsewhere to continue your college career?
1: Well, being there, I I kind of feel like uh when I was at NEO just because uh we didn't have it wasn't season time and it was like off season and stuff uh I feel like I kind of I kind of grew real close with the players and the coaching staff there just because every day it was kind of like we didn't we had workouts but we didn't have anything football related yet so we would like wake up go work out and then go be on the field for like hours the whole day cuz there's not really nothing to do up there so it was kind of like just we were just locked in and then when I got to Prairie View, uh, that's whenever, when I got there, I didn't, that was the first time I got to college and didn't really know anybody at all. When I got to NEO, I knew, I knew some of my uh, teammates coming in and stuff just from other high schools or something like that. When I got to Prairie View, I didn't really know anybody. So the first like a uh, couple weeks, like two weeks, it was kind of just working out and then you have all your school online. So it was just working out and going home. And when you don't really know people like that yet, and I'm kind of like, I don't really get close to people too soon. I'm kind of like, I like to stay to myself a little bit. It was kind of like, just, it kind of felt repetitive, just going to like football and then coming home and then going to football and coming home. And that was the first kind of rub off the wrong way, even though I really, I really liked it at Prairie View and I liked the coaching staff and stuff too. And I left on good terms. Uh, Coach Rice from NEO, who was who was the receiver coach here last fall, he was here, and we had always uh, like maintained a relationship and talked and stuff. And uh, I was I was doing good at practice at Prairie View and stuff, and I was enjoying it and all that. But uh, I just kind of felt like something was off, and I was like seven hours from everybody that I like knew really, and and like my family and all that, and. I I knew kind of UCO was a was an option just because like my relationship with him and then uh I mean I got to you know I got to a D1 program within this that semester. So I'd, I I kind of knew I had a little value as a player. And so I just uh I felt like I needed to at least weigh my options out. So when I entered the portal, it wasn't fully with the intentions of leaving prayer review. It was kind of just let me let me like see what else is out there. And uh, I felt like when I came on my visit here, uh, just like the the way the guys who were here treated me and kind of the like vision and, and location. I just I like, really loved Edmond and stuff and I just could see myself doing great things here. So that's whenever I decided to make the transfer up here
0: uh and okay now because at, at at this point now this is just like you're you're like every semester of so far of college you've been at a different school it was it was neo for the fall 2020 it was Preview spring of 2021 yeah now you're uco at the fall of 2021 i looking back on that now kind of having been at a place more than the semester like does it kind of, does it kind of look a little bit crazy to you now knowing you literally yeah. spent a semester at <laughs> three
1: different schools? No, yeah, I knew, uh, I kind of knew during the moment that it was going to look a certain way, but I told myself when I transferred from Prairie View, I was like, that was, that was uh, another thing was the, like the, the not, non-stability kind of, I was having to go back and forth and if I want to see this person have to go this way, if I want to see that person go another way and stuff. And I kind of just told myself then uh, whenever I whenever I get here, like I'm in it for like the, the long run. So no matter what, good or bad, I was going to I was going to be a Bronco and stay here and stuff. And uh, it looks crazy now, but I'm always just I always just think about it. And then I'm like, man, I'm, I'm glad everything happened, how it happened. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't want it any other way because if it was any other way, I wouldn't have been the same person who I am now.
0: Uh okay and, and so then you you get to UCO and then I, I think you mentioned before it came on now you, you had some issues trying trying to get was it was it clear right yeah it was it
1: was it was uh I had to get my transcript sent over and uh the prairie views like system was messed up. the, the whole time I was there the systems were kind of messed up like the cafeteria, you had to write names just because I don't know, it was like a like a, some type of software bug or something. I don't know. They're, but there a lot of their systems for like schooling and stuff were down. So I was trying to leave there and I couldn't apply to UCO or anything without my official transcripts uh, from transferring. And those were on hold because I guess their systems were like messing up with my account and stuff. So it was putting a hold on my account to where I couldn't get my transcripts out. And that lasted like all summer. I was trying to fix that. And it's like seven and a half hours from, uh, Mangum. So I couldn't just, I was, I was working over the summer, so I couldn't just like pick up and drive there and try to figure it out. Like, and maybe it gets figured out or something. And so eventually towards like the end of that summer, this is like me calling like every day, trying to, uh, trying to get, um, my transcripts out and stuff like that. And, uh, because at the time, at the summer, I was kind of uh, indecisive. I had, uh, I, I left Prairie View, and I hadn't committed to UCO yet. But I took a visit, and I was kind of sold on it. But at the time, I was, I was pretty big. I was like two twenty nine or something like that, and it was like it was good weight. Like I was working out a lot and eating right and stuff. So I didn't know if I for sure wanted to go uco but there was a thought in my mind of going back to juco just because you know you always want to just i just always want to push myself and test my limits and uh this time i was planning on if i was going to go to juco i was going to be a uh kind of a tight end that was my plan coming to neo i was kind of a tight end receiver get recruited for both and uh at the time i didn't really i didn't i wasn't fully set on uco but i was like like that's a, a for sure home, it could be and and I like it a lot. But I had some uh big time JUCO's kinda reaching out to me, wanting me to uh come join their program and stuff like that. So it was a little indecision there. And the thing, the main thing with that is it was easier to get I didn't need official transcripts to get into their junior colleges, but I did to get into UCO And that thing was kinda it was kind of a battle I couldn't win until uh eventually towards the end of the summer, everything got fixed and uh uh, I made my decision kind of a little before then that I wanted to go ahead and and settle and and down and go to UCO and stuff and and succeed here. So
0: now, okay, now you, missed, now you were considering going back to JUCO. Now some would say you already you, you kind of tested your luck the first time when you turned down the other offers to go to JUCO, mm-hmm. and you're about to do it again. So, like at that point, did you kind of think like? Okay, maybe this JUCO experience a second time might not be as fruitful as it was the first time. Uh,
1: a little bit. Um, I was I was getting recruited by like uh, Hutchinson and like Coffeyville, that Kansas conference, and they're like national champions and 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 stuff like that. And I kind of kind of me knowing that me taking a gamble and paid off. Really gave me a little more confidence to lean towards that way because I was so much bigger and still like as athletic as I could be, and I just felt like uh, people wouldn't be able to see a tight end like me in like JUCO and not want to offer me. But again, I was I was tired of like the moving and the the non stability because that means you know going JUCO means I got to go to another school, and you know that's just I was just like nah, I just I want to I want to find somewhere I can stay at and be a part of a program and growing and that's what I found here. So you end up so transcript finally comes through. You get to
0: UCO. You end up red shirt So now this is pretty much well because you you pretty because you, you you practiced at NEO, there was no games. You you pretty much practice yeah, yeah yeah COVID year you practice a lot of prayer review get to UCO it's more practice. So like at this point kind of like, how are you mentally through all this? Because here you are, you're putting in all this work. You mentioned you gained some good weight, but you've you've been yet to really be able to show what you can do on the college level. So, kind of, how were you able to keep going throughout that out that out that time?
1: Uh, it was it was it was kind of hard. I had to just not playing, you know, practicing so hard for something that can't happen over like years, which is which is what it's been has been. Hard, but when you just when you see yourself kind of take it to different levels and start growing, that's whenever my my mindset kind of switched and everything started getting better after the uh, after getting here so late because my plan was get here and I wanted to to try to play and stuff and and start winning off the rip and stuff like that and I started practicing here and I was like man I was like another year just more practice and weights and running and and no games and I just slowly started seeing myself like I'm learning and getting better and like even better because I, I I called myself getting better after I left Prairie View, but I'm just seeing so much how I can get better and stuff, and I started seeing it as another blessing, and that's the thing. I, it's been a lot of blessing in disguise since like – since high school or COVID, since everything, and that's what I took it as, red shirt and again, and it paid off. You know that we got new coaches and stuff, and uh, everything's kind of – everything's a little more different than it is. Now, it's just like we. everyone feels like a family. We all feel like we can win and stuff. So I'm glad I took the redshirt year. Uh, it kind of messed with my mind a little bit, but it worked out perfect in the long run.
0: Now, so you go through the redshirt season. Uh, Coach Bobeck, he steps down. Coach Doral then comes in. Now, when Coach Doral first met with you all, what were your first uh, imp- imp- impressions of it?
1: Uh, so coach, he's a, he's a real good speaker. So, uh, he gave us a little speech and everything he was saying, we were all just like, like nodding our heads to kind of looking around. Like, so we, we kind of, and then, you know, his record is like crazy. So we, we kind of just thought like, man, we, we got someone in here. Like this guy might be the real deal. He's just, everything he was saying was just kind of like music to our ears. And he hasn't let us down since, you know, we met him and stuff. He's our coaching staff is great. And and,
0: and your opposition coach, coach, Coach Curley, what has it been like uh learning and 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 playing for him so far?
1: He's definitely taught me the most when it comes to football so far of any coach. He's he's real easy to learn from and get along with. He just he's a, you don't get a lot of coaches like him. You know, he's real young and stuff, but he knows so much about football and is is so willing to spread his knowledge and wants us all to do so good, like. Uh, I don't think like I I could bet my money on our whole receiver room to to make a play. I just think he, you know, when you get coached like that, it's hard not to. Like he he's just a really good coach. I like coach Curly a lot.
0: Uh, and and now this now if I, my math is correct now si- since you moved to Mangum, this would be the fifth offense you've had to learn, right? Cuz you had the one in Mangum your senior year. Get any over them semester you was there? You preview the semester you was there. You had a UCO last year, and then you <laughs>
1: have the one this year. Yeah, Man, what does this become information over? <laughs> well, well, I can say one thing: all of the offensive switches and forcing myself to learn, and being such a quick learner and and involved in in learning and stuff. I feel like my knowledge of football has spread so much because now. uh instead of only knowing how to run a certain route or how a certain route is one one way, I kind of understand that we've run it this way and that way and this way in a certain offense for a certain reason. Because when we run routes, they usually tell you why you're, you're doing it a certain way, like why you'll run your slant wide or why you're running it skinny. Or So I feel like all the the coaching and the learning kind of piled up because this this offense happened to be like the quickest offense I picked up on just because I felt like everything he was saying, it was just it was it wasn't foreign to me anymore. Like none of it was. I was just clicking quick. And so I guess I'm glad I I learned all those offenses.
0: <laughs> and, and and so now you mentioned it's been quick, but like now what, what what is that adjustment like going from the spread to now more of a pro style? Mm. Uh,
1: I feel like. I feel like. Over the spring, uh, they showed a good mixture of getting the re- getting the receivers the ball, trying uh trying our matchups the way we want them, and that's what that's what uh, they really uh, drilled to us is matchups. They love matchups. If they think they have a better this than someone else, then they'll use that as their advantage. So, and I feel like we got uh, some of the best backs in the conference. So I feel like. No matter what, our offense is going to succeed this year, and and we're we're going to find ways to get it going through the air and on the floor. And yeah, I'm just real confident with uh, what we got going on here.
0: Uh now because since you were there last year, you you would know all the turnover that happened in that in that receiver room. A lot of guys left. There's yeah. there's there's there's, some, there's some new guys in there now. So throughout the spring, how would you say that that's going in 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 terms of the group? That's now left from from last year. uh like how was that how was how was how was spring for you?
1: there's uh so that was like the big thing was the uh when I when I brought up uh feeling like a family like last when I, last fall, there was a couple guys i never really spoke to or didn't really know at all, but now like our whole receiver room has relationships with each other, like every single person is uh like personally connected with another person in that room and on the team in general, like there's people who I didn't talk to last fall, who I'm like, who's like, they're like one of my best friends now. And I just feel like our coaches and stuff, the meetings we have, we have little breakout groups. I feel like stuff like that kind of really put us together and, uh, the practices and workouts we do is, is really oriented on leaning on each other. And I just feel like that turnaround has been great. Like all the new guys, it's, it's like, every time we're talking about something, we forget that a guy who just got here wasn't here last year. It's just like, kind of like we knew him for a while now.
0: Uh, and, and so heading into, into, into fall camp, what, what do you feel like you, you, you
1: need to imp- improve on the most? Well, um, coming into fall camp, like I said earlier, I just really want to focus on the little things because doing the little things right from what I've seen and what I've experienced, overall leads into big success. And I feel like as long as I do the little things right, I'll be successful. I know that we're going to be a successful team. So I'm just excited for this season. Uh, no matter what happens, I know we're going to do good and and I'm ready for it. And now this, this, this will be the first time,
0: barring some unforeseen circumstance, you will actually get a chance to make your, to, to really make an impact at the college level. So now, what can you feel fans expect to see from you when you step on the field?
1: Well, when I, when I step on the field, my mindset is always, I want to beat the guy in front of me because it's a, it's just a team game. 11 guys out there. If you do your job right, it, no matter what, something's good is going to happen as long as everyone gets their job done. So if I got a post and don't get the ball and someone else gets the ball, you know I'm, I'm going to be happy, just as happy for them, probably more happier for them than me. I've, I've never been really a, a, like a selfish or self-centered person. I kind of I focus on team success. So uh, however the team does, uh, hey, I'm going to be here cheering and, and I'm going to be here ready to contribute as much as I can. And, you know, if, if I whatever chance I get, I'm going to make the best of it.
0: Now, I, I was told that now there was a bowling uh, with the uh, receiver unit. Now, uh, so I, I have to ask now who who now where you on the winning team and who
1: is the best bowler out of that unit? I'm not going to lie. Coach Curley probably got to. He was in there like he, he's, he's constantly in there. I don't know if he practices or what, but I'm talking about he was striking everything down. Uh, other than that. I'd say uh Coop, cooper lancaster he's a uh he golfed in high school and stuff too, so I guess he took up bowling as a as a side thing. They were on the same team, so they were kind of they were kind of cutting us uh i I hadn't bowled in like a year previous to then, so I got off to a little slow start, but I picked it up, but now nah, yeah i think I think we went two games three games actually, I think we got one, but the other two, yeah, they weren't even close. <laughs> Now,
0: I've I've also heard now that Coach Curley tends to run the drills and practice better than you all. Now I have I mean that's gonna be kind of uh I mean like a pride thing, man. You can't let the yeah. coach that's not even playing anymore
1: outshine you all in the
0: drills here.
1: Now. Yeah, Yeah, he'll be out there in, in his regular shoes and get to doing just demonstrating that, and we'll just look around. we we'll be like, chill, Coach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> now I know also that because because earlier you mentioned that that you were always good at the 50-50 balls now you have a teammate Peyton Lusk now after watching his film in high school he's also good at the 50-50 balls so now who is the
1: better 50-50 ball catcher you ah, and Peyton Lusk P. Lust gets up. He got some crazy hops. I don't know. There's there's some videos out there, him doing some dunks, like some real crazy dunks. I could dunk too, but he's getting he's getting up for real. Uh, I don't know. I I haven't seen him, I haven't seen him really get stopped at all. So I can't I, until one of us do, I guess I can't put a name on it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh well, before
0: I get you out of here, we do this with all the, the new guests, kind of more of the get to know you type questions. So your 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 favorite sports team?
1: Uh, Green Bay Packers.
0: Okay, now I will now you now Dante's a Packers fan, and there's somebody else on there that's, that's also a Packers uh, fan. Trey. Okay, there we go. Now, yeah, he's now, from
1: Milwaukee, so he's from he's from <laughs> Wisconsin. So yeah, he's big on Packers. <laughs>
0: now I have to ask: Now, how does a Texas kid end up being a Packers fan? Uh,
1: it's really from. Madden. I started playing Madden before I was play- I was watching football and playing it. So I don't know. Something about the jerseys, I just always wanted to pick the Packers. And every time I picked them, it was always somebody that could throw good. So after that, I started watching football and only watching them. And then ever since then, that's just been my favorite team.
0: <laughs> okay. Now we we, we know the Devontae Adams trade happened. We saw the draft. They they picked a couple of receivers in the in the middle round. Yeah. Are we feeling confident there's enough around Aaron Rodgers to finally get back to
1: the Super Bowl? Uh, I feel like no matter what, if he's out there, he's going to make something happen. So, you know, I feel like uh, – because, you know, Devontae was a second-round guy. We had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and stuff. I kind of feel like he compliments them in ways other people kind of can't. So, I kind of feel like no matter who steps in those roles, we'll – our offense will be pretty successful. You know, they picked some some good defensive pieces in the, the first round and stuff. So I feel like having a real strong defense again this year and then, you know, he's on back-to-back MVPs, him playing good, he'll he'll continue to push offenses. As long as the defense holds up, I think, yeah, we can win a ring.
0: Yeah. And it, is Jordan Love the future?
1: <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just because you see – Aaron Rodgers got drafted and sat behind Favre, so we just – I don't know. It's just going to be one of those things where you just got to have to see it happen because I remember uh, – I remember all the Aaron Rodgers hating stuff too whenever he got picked in the uh, first round, and people were real mad about that and stuff. They had Brett Favre, but you see how it worked out. So I don't like to – I don't like to ruin nobody out. You know, he could have – he could be – he could have been working, you know, the, the the whole summer and come back just – on some other level stuff. He was real good at college and stuff, so I guess we'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Let's see. uh, Your your favorite hobby outside of football?
1: Uh, I like to play uh, the PlayStation. I got a PlayStation 5, so if I'm not doing homework or on the game or something, I mean, uh, at football or working out, I'm on the game for sure. (laughs) Okay. Now, you answered my
0: question of of PlayStation or, or Xbox. Now, to my knowledge, only Xbox guys it is it's your position coach, Coach Curly's an Xbox guy, Coach Doral is an Xbox guy, yeah. and your punter Bo Phelps is an Xbox guy. So now why are you Team PlayStation over Team Xbox?
1: I really, I actually was Team Xbox. I had a 360 when I first started playing like online and stuff. So I was I was an Xbox guy and then uh PlayStation 4s came out and I noticed at school like everybody that I was that my friends they all had PlayStation 4s and there was no cross or nothing like that so it was either get a PlayStation 4 or not play with my friends and it's not fun if you're not with your friends so
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it was pure so it was pretty much it was pure influence that made
1: you yeah I I kind (laughs) of had no choice yeah I didn't like playing with just random people or nothing like that and They'd always come to school talking about this and that. And I'd just be like, all right, bro, I, I'm just, I was done. I was just going to get a, a PlayStation. I mean, it really didn't. I just, because uh, my parents got me a, a Xbox, the first one I got. So it kind of wasn't my choice at first, but I just, I stayed with it because I liked it. And no other reason. But then, yeah, all my friends had a PS4 and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I can't be left out.
0: <laughs> now, what I've been told now, I, now, Jonathan Mosley came on here. Informed me, he was one of the better Madden players on the team. No Dobson then came on here and said that was not the case. That that Mosley has never beaten him. That I, I don't know if you're privy on the Madden scene within the locker room, but is that is the information true that Mosey is not as good as he came on here and said that he is? Uh
1: Personally, I've heard about them going back and forth, but I've never seen them play. I can guarantee though, and bet everything in my pocket on myself and Madden. I, I don't think anyone can beat me on the team at all.
0: Uh,
1: okay.
0: uh let's see. Okay. Um your 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 favorite musical artist.
1: Uh I would say Lil Baby. Okay. okay. Yeah, I just... okay. If I'm working out, especially that's when I would like to listen to music and he just makes stuff that I could just really lock in and get in a groove to. So, yeah, he's 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 my favorite for sure. OK, you have a, you have a favorite song by him? Uh, Humble, probably. Yeah. He's, he's really he's talking. He's 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 kind of preaching on that song. So I really I really listen to the lyrics and stuff and it kind of inspires me when I listen to it. Yeah. Now you now you you you've been there for a
0: while now, so I, I so you would know the pressure of that ox cord in the locker room. Yeah. Now, have you ever been on that and they have just yanked the cord out of your phone?
1: No, I, no, not me. I'm I'm I kind of think smarter because some people <laughs> are getting – like you can't get in on the ox and play something kind of controversial. You gotta like you gotta stick to the basics when you're on the ox a little bit, like because. No matter what it is, you could think it's the hardest thing ever. Somebody in there is going to be like, bro, who who's on the ox? Like, who's playing this? And so uh, we listen in the in the weight room. We listen to a good amount of songs in, in certain genres and stuff. So and a lot of them I know. So I, I make sure like when I'm playing music, it's like the right things. I don't just shuffle something or because that, that's a feeling you don't want to feel. I promise you, you don't want to feel that. When they when they yank, yank someone's phone off and that and everybody looking at you crazy, yeah, nah. Well, okay, what well, that so so like so everybody knows whose phone is like up there. I mean, so like you can't when they, because- when, they when you play when you're playing music, some they'll they'll somebody will say that got to be, and then my, nine times out of ten it's them. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know why they. I guess everybody has everybody put together and and can just tell who listens to who more than what or a certain song is somebody's favorite at a certain time. And you just know, if you, if you heard that the same song twice, it'll probably be, it'll probably be somebody like you'll have, you'll be able to put your finger on it. Uh,
0: now what I've been told through, I think, I think Bo Noah and uh, Hector. Now I've been told that Steph and Robert Fuentes, are two of the better guys on the arts court now? with yeah. that be true?
1: It is okay, yeah. With if usually if it's not them on the ox, something's gonna be said, but they more than likely they uh they get it handled. Rob just has a problem of skipping a song with like a minute left and everybody's kind of everybody's locked in and then they just look. Where, I think he did it today, matter of fact, he skipped a song. Uh, with slate uh, Slater was locked into in the weight room. And then he skipped it, and I seen him quick. He looked at him crazy. He was like, "What, bro?" <laughs> but no nah, other than that, yeah. They 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 got good taste. They they going to play something that gets people uh, alive and up and jumping around.
0: Yeah. Now, I I've also been told that Jace Gardner is the worst. Would that also be a true statement? I think
1: yeah, overall people are going <laughs> to you, you can't lot anybody. I just I hey, and I'm a, I got a wide Music playlist. So wait, I'm not, I don't ever trip about what's on the ox, but I I can vividly remember them saying that got to be Jace. <laughs> I I don't even remember what songs was playing, but yeah, I'm not the type to really trip about it. But yeah, I I think if you ask the majority of the team, they'll probably tell you.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, way to so okay, now, but so, like, what is it about? the
1: music that Jays brings to the table that is just so bad. <laughs> I feel like there's just certain artists that you got to, you got to kind of understand music more than it just being like, you know, beats and like, get you your head, bobbing. you got to kind of listen to the actual music part of it, which a lot of football people in my, in my uh, experience, they don't, they're not really just big, you know, music heads or into certain artists or something. And I feel like Jace is one of those guys that's, He's got like a real diverse playlist. So, one second, everybody could be, you know, like jumping around to what he got on. And the next time, something, something else comes on a shuffle and they're looking around and like, bro, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: now, now, I was also told, I don't know if you were at the, at the said workout where he was on the arts chord. I think there was the baby song playing and he went over and changed it to a Drake song.
1: Yeah. No, I, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <I remember. laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a good example. Stuff like that. I think that's why people would throw him in that category because it uses, especially in the weight room, the baby is just one of the artists that comes on pretty frequently because he just makes kind of the same music that's kind of weight room oriented for us. So, yeah, when you put on Drake, it's just like, you know, you gotta be in a mood to listen to Drake, I guess. It's not like you don't wanna squat like 400 pounds listening to Drake. Anymore, so. <laughs> Oh, so like, when he put
0: that on, that, like, so I, I had to ask, what was that reaction to that? Now, I, I imagine it probably was not good.
1: No. Nah, yeah, I don't usually react, but I looked up like I didn't know what was I was. I was shocked. I was like, I was like, hold up. And and this was a baby song that I was like familiar with. So I was like really <laughs> locked in and stuff. And I looked, I was like, hold up. But some of the guys, they reacted way worse. They they went. I'm pretty sure they went over and snatched his phone off. If I can remember right, I'm pretty sure he got the snatch because it's usually not a warning. You kind of just you get one chance, and if you get your phone snatched off there, then hey, it's probably ain't gonna go back that day.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just I just feel like though, like at
1: at at, at that point, the man was the man was asking for it. I mean, who? What, <laughs> I don't know. Right? It was it wasn't in, it was like mid workout too. I I just I don't know. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> got, he's got good songs. I like drinking stuff too, but just the scenery and the timing was just not good at all.
0: <laughs> okay, so 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 then do we do we think that Jace's main problem is not so much the song, it's just the timing of yeah, when he plays yeah. the song.
1: Yeah, cause yeah. I've never because I've heard some bad music before, but I don't, I've never really heard because I like I said I listen to a lot of music and some of it is bad. Yeah, not that I listen to, but. I just feel like the timing of what he plays is just like you gotta if you want to get it's it's like a big handful of guys in a room. You can't just play whatever on there. You know, we're trying to we got we got a lot of blood pumping, people yelling and stuff. You know, you can't just throw on Drake or nothing. <laughs> now, now uh, uh, Noah Dobson
0: also told me one time he tried to slide a Justin Bieber song
1: on the Ox that. <laughs> I didn't even know that was him. I'm going to be honest with you, I remember, I know exactly what he's talking about. I didn't even know that was him. See, that see, now you can't, yeah, you can't even really... Uh, you can't even really let him off easy for that. Like I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that was not it at all. <laughs> it
0: was, see. And see, his, his uh, reasoning that he told me is because it had Jaden Smith on the, on the song. I don't know know who
1: was on it. I just know it don't really matter, I don't think, if Lil Baby or NBA Youngboy was on it. You got Justin Bieber out there and and not in the weight room. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so
0: now, in, in in your time there, what has been the absolute worst song you've heard played on the arc?
1: I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big country guy at all. That's one genre I'm not really hip to. I don't, especially in the weight room. And a few times, I don't know who's to to blame. It might be coach, uh, coach Van Curen or something, but uh, some country songs get slid in there. And I mean, you know, somebody, some people in there, you know, are, are vibing to it. That's where I guess I can't be, I can't try to not include myself. That's what I'm looking around and I'm like, bro, like, what is going on here? Like, I don't know. I've been, I've been, I was raised in the country and stuff and up here, country music is big, but it's just something I just can't get into. Now <coughs> also, I feel I'm okay getting asked
0: because you're from Texas. I, I've asked coach, uh, coach McGuire this. I've asked coach Donald this. I've asked Kellen Culperson this. I asked uh, Jaleek Lewis this. Were you big on the rap scene in Texas because you know it, it it's very big down there, especially in the yeah. Houston area? Yeah. So were you were you into the Texas rap scene?
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I grew. I, I lived in Houston for two years when I was when I was real little, like I think five through seven. And uh, growing up in Dallas too, the rap scene is pretty big there. And uh, my dad was a uh, he was big into rap music and all that, so he was always playing. Uh, Something in the car, whether it was uh like chopped and screwed music or you know stuff like that. A lot of Dallas rappers, like local local Dallas rappers, he he loved like the local the local rap scene, and I guess that's what we kind of gravitated to. Me and my brother.
0: Um yeah. and, and do you have a a, a, a favorite? Well, do, do you have a favorite Texas artist? Uh, I'd probably
1: say it have to be Zero. Carl.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, he that's just just all his songs too. Like I can't even name one. He's just got that. It's just, you, you don't hear music like that anymore and you probably ever know, won't ever again. So that just kind of stuck with me listening to that with my dad all the time, uh, just growing up. Like it was just one of those, one of those artists that everybody kind of has that artist that's connected with a parent or something. And I feel like that was one of them, especially growing up in Houston. Uh, and my dad had a, a, a blue Cadillac and stuff too. So he loved playing his music loud and, we we he dropped the top on and stuff too, and yeah he was he was big on that type of stuff, so I feel like zero probably yeah, he takes it <laughs> yeah,
0: okay okay that's that's a, that's a very
1: solid solid choice yeah, man uh, top the screw stuff though that's what I like to listen to, which is which is one thing you know, I can't throw that on in the locker room, not everybody's gonna especially if you're not from Texas, but you know people like Rob and stuff, that's where we kind of clicked i'm'm I'm, I'm real close to Rob, uh we're both from Texas and stuff, so. Whether it was like music we listened to or just certain ways, you know, people talk in Oklahoma in, in like certain small ways, just certain words they say that they don't in Texas. And we kind of just clicked off of that. Uh, me and him did.
0: Now, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm big Houston rap guy. Prior to this, I met one person that also listened to Houston rap. It has been very lonely experience. I bring up names. I bring up DJ Screw Zero, Trader True, Paul Wall, yeah. so on and so forth. And I get blank stares. Now I'm yeah. glad.
1: That yeah, you gotta Bronco. you gotta know all those names. You said it's like a Mount Rushmore in Houston. Like you gotta know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm so I'm so
1: glad that we got Broncos
0: that understand.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got. A, yeah, we got a we got a few of them. Uh, a couple of Texas guys, not too many, but a few of them that 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 definitely know. Uh, about the Houston rap scene and stuff, but not too many though. That's why I said, yeah, I can't, I can't throw that on in the weight room or locker room or nothing. People would definitely like they, because you know you just got to know, you, you got to know to know. Like they'll look at me crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it is like a different, it's it's a different vibe. Not yeah. with, with, with most. Okay. Uh let's see. Do, do you have a, a favorite Zero song? Uh Most City Don. Okay, I think yeah. that was Cold Wires too. I think that was. Oh, it, real? So. Yeah, I want to say that that was his uh a favorite uh song too.
1: I yeah, think, I gotta man. play around him then, see what he does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I okay. Even my no yet. I'm probably gonna throw it on <laughs> in the <laughs> way rooms, see how he gets the move in his head.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you you it up with uh coach McGuire and Coach O'Donnell. Those, those are big, those are big uh H town guys. Okay. Yeah. Um but, you know, I have to ask this now
1: old Little Wayne or new little Wayne? Oh, for sure. Oh, for yeah. sure, he's yeah. he's considered to me the best rapper ever, and that's just because, kind of, from el- like late elementary up, that's like all I would all I would listen to was Lil Wayne, and he still drops good music now, but it's nothing's gonna beat his prime, which was which is a, a, a good little bit ago, but I still, his songs from back then, still like, you can just listen to them on repeat and kind of every line, you're gonna find something new you didn't hear or didn't understand. So like, I just, yeah, I don't really compare it to many guys with, with with Lil Wayne from back then. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So your, um, your favorite food?
1: Uh, I would probably say, uh, fried rice. And hibachi chicken. There's a place called Sumo up here, and even at NEO and Prairie View, it's kind of been my thing. Like, a big rice, right, a big plate of rice with like chicken and soy sauce and yum yum sauce and all that. Like I could eat that any day, every day. <laughs> uh,
0: okay. Now, in terms of of gear, now are, are you bit? Are you like just giving me the gloves, the soda pads, the helmets? Let me go to work. Or are you like some of your Defensive backs Traylon Craig and Jonathan Mosey that have to wear the bands galore and be swagged out. So I'm like, now where do you fall
1: on that spectrum? Uh, in practice, I would say I'm I'm probably like a give me the gloves guy. I just like to, I like to stay cool in practice, and I don't really feel like doing too much. But in the game, yeah, I definitely want to want to want to look up there with the top people on the field. I want to make sure I look good because I feel like if you look good, you play good, and that's something I kind of kind of base myself on. So yeah, I like to I like to put stuff together, uh on game days and stuff especially. So now what are your accessories of, of choice? Uh for sure I'ma go uh, long socks. I like I like my socks up high, like crinkled up to kinda like my knees, uh for sure on game day. And then uh depending on the weather, I like to either throw on two sleeves or maybe some bands uh it's really just sometimes you go shopping and or you're looking online and kind of just put it together as you're going so i definitely got to say long socks are, are getting thrown in though for sure and i gotta have a back plate on and a visor. <laughs> right. that's like bare minimum and then you know i play games with long socks all that stuff on and then like tape my wrist and then had gloves on which is kind of pretty basic but you know, I could take it there if I want to, which, you know, some games I might have to. We got some, some nice helmets and, and uh, jerseys I feel like I can do something with.
0: <laughs> All, right. All right. now Now, now, uh, now uh, uh, along those lines, Matt, because now when, when, when you got here, it was, it, it, it was, uh, remember, there was the blue helmet. Then they come with the white helmet. And then you wore the white helmets like the whole, the, the whole season. Now, are yeah. you
1: hoping for a return of the blue helmet? I feel like if we kind of mix in what we're doing with our helmets, that uh, we could do a lot more. And I think that that's kind of Coach's ideas. I think he's... Because he's been good at like asking us what we want in like kind of every scenario and getting our feedback. And a lot of us guys agree like different helmet combinations and stuff, which we have in, in jerseys and stuff would look good. And so... I'm pretty sure we're going to have a, a, a little combination going between both this season and uh I feel like I could do something with both of them on so yeah, I'm ready for that.
0: Uh, and have the yellow pants been requested
1: to be brought back? Yes, they have. But, I mean, good. <laughs> and, and I think, I, I mean, like I said, the coaches have been good at hearing us out and getting us what we want. I think for sure in the future we're going to have some yellow pants. I just, I don't know how soon but I know it's a, it's a big want on most of our lists just because like Yellow pants, like it's just it's it. Like everybody agrees on it. Like yellow pants would be clean. Yeah, because I, I
0: didn't realize it. Because when I talked to Peyton Scott, he they have not worn the yellow pants since like midway through 2019.
1: Yeah, he's, like, one of the, he's one of the big uh leaders in the yellow pant movement. I think he wants the uh, he he went he wants it done more than more than most people, just because you know he's been here and stuff, and and I think it's been like a a kind of a big thing for him, and now that. It's, it's kind of towards his last uh, stretch I feel like he's going to definitely want those on yeah I mean because because like when I when
0: I when I talked to uh, uh, Noah Dobson he had no idea that there were ever yellow
1: pants I was like wow we, have, yeah, we didn't he, know have yellow pants ever existed I think when they told coach that I think they told coach Curly that and he was like I didn't even know we have yellow pants and and uh it was one of the older guys that told him and then they started talking about it and stuff and that's when we we're like oh yeah and we saw some pictures of it somebody i think somebody pulled him up and we were looking we were like oh yeah and that's kind of whenever it started which was uh it was a little earlier this summer so i, I could hope for him i think that'd be nice i'd like to see him That that's sad
0: because like it like, because the yellow pants used to be a staple like they used to be yeah. at least half the
1: season he was rocking the yellow pants
0: oh yeah man, that's Oh. Yeah, no,
1: for real. And then you just you don't really see yellow pants from a lot of schools at all. So I just feel like if we could stand out wearing those. We could do something with
0: them. Right. Okay. Well, good. All right. Good. I'm glad that there's a movement there to try to get those. Get those. Get those.
1: Yeah. There. We're gonna get them done one way or another. I think.
0: <laughs>
1: good.
0: Good. Uh, see. now, do you have any pregame
1: routines that you normally do? Uh, yeah. I like to. Uh, when I walk the field, I like to. Uh, get in the end zone and say a prayer and then uh, before the game uh, I like to stretch like almost every minute minute before I, I start like real real deep stretches just as much as I can just because uh, like when I first kind of started football I was experiencing cramps and stuff like that and stretching was just a good part of it so now before like like everything especially games I stretch for, for like a while like people will look over and be like man you still stretching I'll be like yeah I'll just be stretching real good. <laughs>
0: uh, and I noticed now that you got some ink there on your uh on your arm. Now Trayvon, I know he's a big tattoo guy. Yeah. So like, where does your love of of, of tattoos come? From? Uh,
1: well, my parents uh they had tattoos, and I mean they, they they didn't have anything crazy or anything. Uh, but kind of being young, I always saw them, and I was like, ah, there's a cool and stuff, and. I feel like uh, you can you can kind of tell stories with the tattoos you got or and, and things of, of that nature. So I don't know. I've just all I can remember, I always wanted to get uh, tattoos. Just nothing crazy. Just a little bit. Like I just got half my arm done and stuff. So I want to f- probably finish this one and kind of chill after that. So what,
0: what? What? So so what would you say is your favorite uh, tattoo?
1: Uh. I would say it's this right here on like on the front of my arm. It's a dove in the sky with uh with three stars and the uh, three stars. I wanted to represent my brothers because they've been like the brightest part of my life. They uh like through everything. We always had each other and stuff. And uh the the dove uh, I got for her. my mom, who's kind of. Uh, led us the way and uh like been there through everything for us and that tattoo kind of represents like those are like the strongest parts of my life and so yeah that would have to be my favorite.
0: Now earlier you mentioned you have a brother that I think you said is about to start college. Now I have to ask now out of out out of your brother, who is the best player?
1: Me. <laughs>
0: I didn't know I knew it but I had to ask yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't I ain't, I'm not gonna give. I would not give any of them that for sure. But uh, yeah, my little brother. He's uh he's in summer right now. He's at Tyler Junior College. Uh, he's gonna be playing tight end there, and uh, he's gotten a lot bigger and stuff too. So uh, I'm ready to see what he can do, and uh, maybe one day he'll he'll come up here and be with us. And I think there's a possibility of that. But uh, nah, I can't give him the edge over me in anything. Basketball. Foot race, <laughs> football. I can't give them. I can't give them. It. <laughs> oh
0: man! Is it, well, I guess my my final question for you would be: uh, Do you have a message to to those out there that might still be on the fence about coming to see you all play? About what they can expect to see if they were to come see you all play?
1: Uh, I feel like this year, uh, you kind of gotta either come come enjoy it right now or hear about it because we've, we've been doing a lot of things we've been working hard like real hard this whole summer whole spring uh, building getting stronger getting better as a team and we got we all have the same main goal which is winning like we all it's it's a, from the coaching staff to the players it's the, the main focus point is winning no matter what being a team and stuff so I feel like Having support in the stands field would be amazing and, and would, would help us even more, but no matter what, I think as a, as a team and a unit, we're going to go out there and perform and be successful and do everything that we dream of uh, accomplishing. So the more fans we get, the better, and we, we love them, and, and we really hope people come out this year and, and are as fired up as us because we plan on putting up a good show and a performance.
0: Hey. Well, Bryson, I appreciate you taking time this afternoon to come on and uh, talk to me. Uh, I, I really enjoy our conversation. I'm, I'm people, people, pro- a lot of people pro- 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 probably might not even know that you're actually there. It's just I don't think you've been listed on the roster. So, um, I think this, is, I think this, this will be very good. And I'm uh, wishing you the best of luck, rest of summer in the fall camp. And uh, any anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome to.
1: Yes, sir. Hey, it's been great. It's been a great conversation. I love talking to you too. And yeah, I, I think we will we're going to have another one of these and, and uh, hopefully a, a lot of good things have happened since then. I think it will be great. Well, again, thank you, Bryson. Yes. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So again, I want to thank
0: Bryson for taking the time to come on and talk to me. I that a oh boy, I mean, you're talking about a guy. I, <laughs> it was at three schools in three different semesters that that is that is a new one Now, i covered guys that have bounced around before right you look at guys like steph appstate juco tcu uh uco but he's at least spent a year at each stop though so it's very interesting to see a guy go like a semester at at each stop but just looking at the high school film uh, what you can see over on the YouTube channel, the link is in the uh, ch- uh, in the description below. Uh, this is a guy with 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 very immense talent. Uh, you can tell he was still raw in some areas, but I think this this is gonna be a different cat than 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 we've seen. I mean, very, you know, last year you had uh, Jalen Tiggs, Rod Davis, both big body guys, but didn't have the 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 elite speed. Uh, just looking at Bryson's tape. I mean, it seems like he has the size and he has the speed. And you're looking, we all know that Juco tape for um, Madison Ridgeway looked extremely promising. Uh, you still got Terrell Davis on Red Search, You got Diego Beck. That, that, that was, and he also added another transfer from Eastern Michigan, who I believe is from, is from Haskell. Haskell, Shakota, one of the two that I should probably reach out to because he follows me on Twitter. So uh, I like how that receiving core is looking. Plus you have those quality freshmen coming in. Uh JV uh JVR, Kevin Williams out of Westmore, Jalen Reed out of out of out of Ardmore there, along with uh Madison Ridgeway. I think it's gonna be a much better, well-rounded unit because last year it almost was a two-man unit of Josh Moore. And Marquise King to the detriment. I mean, obviously those those guys were good. I mean, there there's a reason why they had the numbers that they had. But I I think that there's more talent across the board than what was displayed last year. Uh uh, I mean, even even with, with Peyton Lost, I, I think you got a guy here. Uh, when you see his tape, when his when this episode drops, there's another guy I'm really excited to to you know uh, see. So uh, I think that that unit under Coach Coast Curley is in store for a big season. So, uh, but again, I appreciate the support. Be on the lookout tomorrow should be the one with the defensive linemen. Uh, and then after that one is up, I will take that to more defensive linemen to see if they'd be interested to, to come on now that there is the first. So, uh, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.